The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. A lot of great information to share with you um, during this hour, including how to hang pictures on walls like stucco walls. So many people are doing things outside with yard art and things, but they get kind of stumble, kind of stumble a little bit when they're trying to hang something on a stucco wall. We'll give you some advice on the correct fasteners to use to make sure that it doesn't fall off the wall. Also, is a window replacement project, a DIY project, or should you rely on the pros? We'll tell you the pros and cons on that particular project in just a few minutes. Also, leaky toilets cost all kinds of money, and you'd be amazed at how simple they are to fix. You just have to approach it the right way. A lot of emails coming up as well, and of course, a simple solution. What do you have for us this week, Joe? Of course, we do have a simple solution. This is how you can use empty plastic water bottles to help you move furniture. And it's And you don't have to like drink a lot of water and float it out of the house or, <laughs> you know, fill your house with water. There's nothing like that. Although that might work as well. We need more and more things to use plastic water bottles for. It's absolutely amazing how many yep. bottles that are out there these days and how our habits have changed so much. And we grew up and many people grew up their whole lives um, never drinking uh, bottled water and they did pretty well. But uh, but anyway, it's just one of those things. Imagine, and you know, Can you imagine telling your father, dad, let's go out and buy some bottled water? Oh, he, he would have kicked you in the pants and said, get yeah, out of the house. He That's what my dad would have done. Yeah. Gone completely crazy. What I don't understand is why are bottles of water come in plastic? Why can't they come in cartons like milk and orange yeah, juice and everything else? Right? Know. Wouldn't that save yeah, it? It seemed like, seemed like it'd be a lot, on all that lot plastic? Better. I don't or, know. Or, or like um, plastic straws, and they just uh, deteriorate yeah. after a while. Yeah. Is there anybody in America that likes a plastic, I mean, a, a paper straw is what I was trying to say, a paper straw and how so many uh, places are forcing those on? Yeah. Why don't you go in and just splurge a little bit? You're going to feel like, okay, I'm really going to treat myself to a milkshake. And then yeah. you get a, a paper straw with a milkshake. Yeah, that's uh, that's video worthy right there to, yeah, to keep you entertained yeah. for a while. <laughs> well, they're gonna have. I know they do have stainless steel straws that you can buy, but you know stores aren't going to start using those. So yeah, I'm not sure what the straw situation. But the thing with a with a paper straw is you do drink it a lot quicker. Because you yeah, have like, you sure do. You're like yeah. soon as you stick it in there, the clock is ticking. You got like 30 seconds <laughs> before it turns to pulp. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to get some brain freeze when you're drinking that slushy like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, this is today's Homeowner Radio. So glad that you're with us uh, during this hour. We've got uh, a lot of great information to share with you, and we're going to get started um, on the hotline. We'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is pick up the phone anytime that the mood strikes you, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That number is 800 946 4420. Let's grab a few of those calls from the hotline right now. Hi, Danny. This is Kev calling. Hey, I've got a metal mailbox with wooden slats, uh, decorative slats on it. And during this winter, uh, one of the slats has come off. And I was just wondering, what kind of adhesive do you suggest or recommend that I use to reattach the slat? I'd appreciate it if you let me know. Thanks a lot. This is Kev. 
I, th- okay, I think I know what you're going to recommend because this is a great adhesive that we've recommended in the past and I've used it. I know you've used it quite a bit. Well, um, now, of course, the are you speaking of the Type Bond product? Term, Duramaster? Is that the brand? Well, well, no, uh, Duramaster is a, a caulk. This is a, um, um, oh, now, now I'm stumped on the name of it, Quick, Quick. Quick attach. I will have to look Quick that grip, up real quick. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's um. Yeah, you, I mean, I'll look that, that up. You, you yeah, keep talking. Yeah, that that de- that definitely is one that um, works very very well because uh, you can just put a little dot on it there and push it right in place. A lot of times when you have decorative slats like this, you have a fair amount of a surface that you're working with. So certainly a two part epoxy, though you might not need the strength that epoxy provides, it still will hold it up very well outside. So you can mix a little bit of that. I love to use a wooden popsicle stick to do that and then to apply it and to put it in place, hold it in place. And you might find that you have to use a little bit of painter's tape or any kind of tape. Really, I say painter's tape because it peels off really easy once you're once it's nice and dry. But just to hold it in place, um, might even have to use some clamps or vice grips in order to hold it in place until it dries um, completely. But um, that seems to work um, very, very well. Yeah, Dan, I just found it. It's called um, mm-hmm. Tight Bond Quick and Thick yeah, multi-purpose, that's it. That's it. Yeah. multi-purpose Glue. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with what he's talking about. I've seen these mailboxes where they have wooden slats running the length of the mailbox up, up the sides, over mm-hmm. the top, yeah. and down. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you could do is, since you're never going to see it, is get inside there and drill a couple of holes and drive one screw into each mm-hmm. end of this wooden because I'm not sure why this wooden one would have popped off and the other stayed in place. But you could always, after you glue it in place, um, you know, put a couple of screws in there, and, and that would definitely lock it in place. Well, if it's like my mailbox, it just keeps getting ran into. You know? so, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. No, I, we, my, my wife and I ha- have a um, wager going right now on how long the mailbox is going to last because a house is being built directly next door to me. Right, and then another house is being built across the street for me. So it oh, there is, is the oh. mailbox is right in the the demolition zone there. <laughs> yeah, right in the crosshairs. So between all of the hundreds of trucks associated with that, yeah, it's um, I'm I'm taking uh, six days, and she says ten. So either way, Whoa. we don't we don't wow. expect it to last very long. So <laughs> I'm sure the I mailbox think, is very glad to hear that. I yeah. think the next thing I'm going to do is take chains, and I'm right. going to just. Chain, like hang it like a port swing and that oh, way when they it. hit it yeah. it just swings, swings and comes back into place so. <laughs> I've, act, I've actually seen that where they have uh, mailboxes Me hanging on chains around yeah. here they do it because the snow plows come by throwing a wake of wet oh, snow and just yeah, knocks the mailboxes over knocks them <laughs> off the post yeah hey let's go back to the today's homeowner hotline for another call yes i moved into an apartment that has all stucco walls what do I do to be able to hang pictures without them falling off the wall? She's saying stucco, but she must mean plaster, right? Would you have stucco inside the house? Is she talking? Um, must be talking r- inside. Rarely. I mean, you yeah. know, there are a lot of uh, concrete block houses that they would put a yeah. thin veneer on the inside. Not very common, and um, you know, and can certainly be one of the coldest um, environments yeah. you can be in because yep. it really retains that cold. Well, you know, the thing there, um, most of the time, you would use a lead anchor now. If it is a, a stucco wall, then you would drill in with the appropriate size masonry 
uh, drill bit. You can push the lead anchor in. Then when you're putting in the screw or bolt that you're going to hang uh, whatever picture you might be hanging, then it expands that soft lead and it's very, very strong and will hold up well. I always like to put a little bit of, of, of epoxy glue in there to keep it from spinning and to add a little extra um, strength to it. But that is um, normally what you do. Now, if it is plaster and you're just thinking it's stucco, then it's a hollow. It's it's a hollow wall there. And you would use a hollow wall anchor, molly bolt, other varieties, toggle bolts, things like that that you can use. But either of those will provide you the strength that you need um, to hang that. Let's go back to the hotline for one more call. Hi, Joe. Hi, Mr. Lippard. This is Wild Wonderful Waniac from Wild Wonderful West Virginia. Oh, wow. I have called your show once before concerning our retirement cabin and the fireplace hearth. And guys, but my ultimate question here is I'm trying to find out if there is a concrete block that is not symmetrical, not square, not rectangular, but rounded on on one side. I'm obsessed with the rounded look on my project. I can't do it until I find a rounded concrete block to uh, build this hearth out of. Or if you have any other suggestions, I will be fully uh, all ears on that part. I don't know quite what to do, and I have been stalled out now for a year and a half on this. And we are... uh, I'm going to be forced into doing something (laughs) that I don't want to do. Take care, gentlemen. Love you. Bye-bye. All right, man. Love you, too. Thank you. All right, Mr. Lipford. What do you think Yeah, exuberant um, caller there. We appreciate that. Uh, I'll tell you, first thing I think about is pavestone.com. I would go to pavestone. Um, website and just look at all of the different sizes they have and then pavers in general. And yeah. if it comes down to it, uh, then you actually can pour the concrete yourself in whatever shape that you want by creating the kind of form that you want. Now, that might be taking a five-gallon bucket and cutting off the bottom of it so that you have a little mold to use. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways that you can create that round cylindrical approach to it. But I think you'll find something in the paver realm that will take care of you on that. Very cool call and a very cool project yeah. they have going. And of course, a lot of a lot of people have some great um, great projects like that, and we want to hear from you. Hey, we're just getting started. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes. Hey, Joe, and I look forward to doing the radio show each and every week, not only to provide you that information that uh, that you expect from today's homeowner, uh, but also it's really cool to have all of these stations that broadcast the show throughout the country, over 360 of them, including this one in Ellensburg, Washington, KXLEAM 1240. A special hello to everybody there in that beautiful state. Hope you're doing well. And if you have a challenge with anything around your home, we want to help you like we do each and every week. Send us an email, todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or pick up the phone anytime, 24-7, and give us a ring at 800-946-4420. We have gotten some fantastic calls on the hotline this week. I can tell people are really getting ready for the summertime, and here's a recorded call we got a little earlier this week. I'm thinking about tackling a project of replacing my windows in my home, and I just don't know if that's something that I should even attempt or should just be done by a professional. All right, Joe, this one's all you because you are right in the middle of uh, replacing a few windows at a time in your home. But 
you're a pro you've done, you've, yeah. you've got, you know, over 75 years of, um, <laughs> of, of experience out in the field. And, uh, so you're not the average DIYer. So what would you say to this caller? Do you think it's something that a homeowner should really tackle if they yeah. just have, uh, you know, I mean, it's an important part of your home. Um, so yep. I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I sort of leaning toward not recommending he do it himself. Uh, first, I don't know the size of the house, how many windows, is it a two-story house? If it was one window he needed to replace, you know, you know, maybe we could help him out and he can figure out how to do it. You know, something about hiring a professional, I mean, it's going to get done within a, even a large house within a couple of weeks to probably have it done. And you'd have some warranty involved as far as being at weather tight um, and not leaking any water. So I think since he doesn't sound like he's terribly experienced with installing windows, I would probably hire a pro Danny. And, you know, the, the, the next thing would be, okay, so I'm hiring somebody like, what window do I get? You know, we get questions all the time. There's so many different types of windows. And, you know, I always just go with the best window you can afford. That's as maintenance free as possible on the outside. You know, so I usually buy vinyl and I usually install, I usually install Anderson windows, which are wood on the inside and vinyl on the outside, vinyl clad on the outside. Um, a more affordable version would be an all clad window. I mean, an all vinyl window. Um, so I think, and you're probably leaning the same direction as to hire a pro to do an entire house full of windows. That's right. And, and, you know, if, if the budget and time doesn't allow you to, you know, spend the money necessary to have them all done at one time, just think of doing half of your windows, the, maybe the front and one side, and then do the other half when, you right. know, the money becomes available. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It makes it a little more manageable. Uh, certainly a window installer might say, hey, it's going to save you a lot of money by doing it all at one time. And it may save you a little, but you're not going to save that much. Just check it out. Um, ask some friends and neighbors for some references. Uh, call your local Home Builders Association to get some referrals there, and um, just make sure that uh, you're, it's an apples for apples type comparison, and you have a full understanding of what they're going to do and how the, how it will look when they leave. Just ask plenty of questions; you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Hey, let's get to some more emails here, and you can send us one right now at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. We're going to see if we can help Larry in Tennessee out here. It says, hi, Danny. I listen to you guys every Saturday and always learn something new. Hope you can help me with this annoying problem. Every time I use my microwave oven and someone turns on the toaster or coffee maker, the power goes out. I have to go to the electrical panel and reset the breaker. Is there some way to fix this problem without rewiring the whole kitchen and would moving the microwave to another location help? You know, this is a really good question because it brings up the point of, you know, why is this happening? Well, it's just simply right. over yep. overloading that one particular circuit. And exactly, so, yep. so often the circuit might be a 15 amp circuit that was designed for <clears throat> very little use. And all of a sudden you have a microwave in there or a combination of appliances like you have here. Yes, moving the microwave to another uh, outlet may help if it's on a different circuit. If it's on the same circuit, the same thing's going to happen. Now, also I see that um, sometimes homeowners or and electricians will just simply increase the size of a breaker from 15 to 20 amps or, or something similar to that. However, I would not do that without the advice of a professional electrician because you really have to do a little math there and figure out the usage and the wattage that's taking place there before you just arbitrarily upgrade, which could cause a dangerous situation. But I'll bet 
uh, you get electrician out there, let them do a few calculations, try to figure out how much is loaded up on that circuit. It will be a very simple matter of either changing a breaker out or rearranging some of the wiring that's there. So that should be pretty easy to solve on that one. Let's go to another email, Catherine from South Carolina. I have a concrete patio out back that's about 10 by 12, 15 years old, and it looks awful. It's pitted, dirty, and has several hairline cracks. Now, I heard you talk about a resurfacing project that produces a smooth, brand-new-looking surface. Would that work on an old patio that's all cracked? Well, Joe, I guess we always, anytime, every week just about, we have yep. some type of um, concrete cracks that we deal with. But you have to do a quick little evaluation of whether or not it's simply an expansion-contraction type of crack or if some settling is taking place. And one of the simplest ways to do that is to put a straight edge directly over the crack. And if one side's lower than the other, that usually is an indication that settling is taking place, which unfortunately is a more of a serious, more of an active type of problem versus if it's just level underneath, not level as much as smooth and pl- on one plane, then that's just part of concrete. And yes, you can patch it. Now, the material we were talking about there is um, Quickrete's Recap. It comes in a variety of different sizes. Uh, you can go online and check it out at quickrete.com and find out if that will work for you and, and the level of skill that's necessary to apply it. Pretty easy. I've used it a lot and have had some amazing results on it, but you really have to determine if it's active, if it is an active crack, no matter what you put on it, it'll come through. But Joe, I'm um, still amazed at uh, what you can do to an ugly slab, especially yeah. one that has maybe been poured several times and you have different colorations and you clean that well with that uh, pressure washer and put on the recap. Pretty darn amazing what that can ha- what can happen in just a day. Yeah, it essentially looks like a brand new slab, like someone just poured a new slab. And what they recommend, what quicker recommends is if you have some holes and divots or wide cracks, you take the recap and you mix it thicker, like just in a small bucket, and you use that as a patching, as a concrete patch to go over those areas, including um, you know a crack that she's concerned about. And then you mix it to the formula that they recommend to spread it out, and it spreads out very easily, and it levels out. And the reason that Danny mentioned if one side's higher than the other, that's an issue because that means it's cracked all the way through the slab. And really, there's no long-term solution to that. Once it's cracked all the way through, at some point, you're going to have to pull that out, unfortunately, and replace the whole thing. But, you know, if it's not, if you can level it up a little bit with some recap and then pour the pour the rest of it over the top, you might get a few years out of it, at least, before having to replace it. That's right. Uh, you know, it's just um, concrete. That's just one of those things. Uh, the thing yeah, about it, it is, yep. if you have an opportunity, I mean, if you're pouring concrete... Um, you really need to make sure that soil that you're putting it on is compressed, and that might require to hand tamping it. Uh, if it's a larger size and you've disturbed a lot of dirt, it may require mechanical tamping. But uh, either way, that's one of the most important parts of pouring a slab is to make sure that that heavy, very concentrated weight that is not going to move or shift at all because inevitably it will crack and cause problems down the road. And you know, a crack in the concrete never fixes itself. You're going to have That's to, right. you're yeah. going to have to do something. And, and, uh, unfortunately concrete does have, um, you know, a strong, um, tendency to crack like that, uh, especially if there's any settling whatsoever. And, th- and that's your one and only 
chance to do it correctly. Once Absolutely. you pour it, it's too late. There's no going back. So, yeah, the prep is really important. Hey, when we come back, we're going to have Joe answer this question. Uh-oh. Hi, Joe. I have an unusual problem. A skunk died in my garage, and I can't get the smell out of my concrete floor. What do you suggest? We'll let Joe do a little research over the break and see how he can de-skunk this particular garage. All of all of that and a whole lot more fun coming back here on today's Homeowner Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. I wanted to check with you and see if you currently are receiving the Today's Homeowner e-newsletter. Very easy for you to get. All you have to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter. Sign up today. Every week you'll get the latest, greatest home improvement information so that you can make sure that your house is the best looking one on the block. Again, todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter. Right now we're going to Evelyn in Massachusetts. Evelyn, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on around your house. Well, I have some wallpaper that was put on uh, without sizing the walls properly, and I'm trying to get it off, and I just cannot do it. Well, I'll tell, I tell you what, it can be quite a challenge, especially, you know, if, if sizing or something was not put on the wall because that glue will soak into the pores of that yep. wall, yep. and it is so hard to get off of there. But uh, we found something a few years ago that really, really works very well. You'll have to go to our website in order to get the formula. I can tell you the basic part of it, but it is um, using a, a, first of all, a pump-up sprayer like you use out in the garden, then get the hottest water that you can. Doesn't have to be boiled water, but just as hot as your faucet um, can produce of the water, and put you'll you'll mix that in with something called diff. Diff. It is like D-I-F, I believe is what it's spelled, and it is um, a wallpaper remover, and you put that in. Now that alone will do a, a world of good. But then when you add a little bit of fabric softener, and Joe, what's it? Was it vinegar? Did they put vinegar in? Yeah, there? I've yeah. got the recipe right here. Okay, good. Go ahead, go ahead and share that then. All right, Evelyn, it's three gallons of hot water, and again, that's hot tap water, 22-ounce bottle of the wallpaper stripper, diff, quarter cup of fabric softener, one cup of distilled white vinegar, and two tablespoons of baking soda. And it seems like an odd combination, but as Danny said, (laughs) it works really well, but Danny might want to Suggest one other step that oh, yeah. has to take. She has to get herself a tiger, right? Absolutely. Got to get you a tiger called a, a paper tiger, which is a, a little funny device you hold in your hand. It's it's manual, and you just rub it over the face of the wallpaper. And actually what it's doing is creating thousands of little tiny holes in the face of the wallpaper because you want that solution that you're spraying on there to soak through the face of the wallpaper and start getting to that glue to deactivate that glue. So you'll want to cover up a little bit because you're going to be using the more the more of this solution you use, the better. Keep it mixed up and just put your paper tiger on it and then you spray, spray, spray. Then get some lightweight painter's plastic. It's just really light, very inexpensive. You cut pieces and just put it right on the wall. Now, you don't even have to use tape or anything. It's going to stick to that solution that you just put on there. And then, if you're able to, I would leave it overnight. The next day, you peel the um, plastic off. You take a putty knife and just carefully peel all of that off. You'll be amazed at how easy it is uh, to peel off. And I've peeled off up to three layers before of paper that's been on there for 40 or 50 years. And it comes right off and minimizes the damage that you do 
to the wall. Now, it's going to be wet, so you're going to have to, after you get it off and you clean it and so forth, you'll need to let it dry. Then you might have to do a little bit of joint compound to put over it there to replace, you know, to repair any little divot or scratch that you may have. And there you go. You're ready to uh, to paint it, put more wallpaper up if you si- once you size it or whatever you may do. But this solution really does work very well, Evelyn. Okay, I am going to try that. Now, what kind of plastic did you say? Uh, painter's it's painter's plastic. Yeah, we shooting, call it yeah. painter's plastic. Um, painter's usually plastic. comes it's the in thinnest, a box. Yeah, thin, it's yeah, the thinnest, thinnest plastic yeah. that you can get. I think it's like okay, 0.75 mil, which is mm-hmm. like okay. half the size of a thin piece of hair or something. I mean, it's really right, super thin. Yeah, and the reason you want that is there's no sense paying extra for more expensive plastic. And plus, it's so lightweight, as Danny said, it'll just stick to the wall. The wet wall, it'll just stick right in place. Okay, that sounds good. I will try that. Thank you very much for your help. I appreciate it. Hey, our pleasure. Our pleasure, Evelyn. You take care and have a great week. Okay, we're going to go back to that uh, question. Joe's had a little time to research it. So, Joe, the question from Paula in Ohio. Um, I have an unusual problem, a skunk died in my garage, and I can't get the smell out of the concrete floor. What do you suggest? Okay, Skunk Master, what do you have there? (laughs) That's Skunk Master General. Oh, that's what I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Call a good realtor. No, I guess that would be a last resort. (laughs) Well, actually, they do make lots of really effective odor eliminators or odor neutralizers. Now, they're not designed for skunks, so you know they're usually designed for dogs and specifically cats. But what you want to find for something this intense, I can't imagine what this must smell like. You want an enzymatic cleaner. That's E-N-Z-Y-M-A-T-I-C, enzymatic. What you want to do is spray this on. You have to wait, whatever they recommend, like 15 or 20 minutes, and then clean it up and throw away those rags. There's one from a company called BioClean. It's B-I-O-K. L-E-E-N, BioClean. I think it's called Back Out. So you could try that. A more affordable way to go, if you want to try Simple Green makes one, a a pet odor eliminator, and they make a really great line of products. I'm just not sure if they're designed for skunks. So um, that's what I'd recommend and just hope for the best. And once you get it out, if there's any residual smell, reapply it. And then you might, Danny, you might want to like seal it with a masonry sealer just Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, It'll make it easier to clean in the future, and maybe it'll help seal in any residual odors. And certainly all the ventilation that you can get in there. You yeah. know, if you if you listen to the show, you know I'm a big believer in in the the power of fans and get you a right. fan going. Yep. They use almost no electricity and just allow it to um, circulate that air through there as much as you can. Just blow the air out of your garage. That will certainly help a lot as well. Um, let me skip to another email here, Robin in North Carolina. I have two 4 by 4 posts that sit on a concrete pad for the steps and handrails of a small porch. I need to replace one of the 4 by 4s but how is it attached to that metal piece that sits on the concrete? Can't figure out how to take it off. Well, I need a new metal bracket, and is it something anchored into the concrete? Yeah, this is a little metal, we call them saddles a lot of times, that will be positioned and will be attached, that, that are attached, should be attached very well to the concrete. So what you might try to do if you can't find the fasteners on either side, which you should be able to, but often they will rust off or get, you know, damaged or somewhere to where it's very hard. You can always take a metal blade and a reciprocating saw 
or commonly called Sawzall, and just nip those fasteners on either side of the 4x4 you're trying to replace. You might have to do a little bit of support around it to hold it temporarily while you're pulling that post out, but just carefully cut those fasteners. You should be able to pull it right out of there, um, and, you know, using a, a, a reciprocating saw with a metal cutting blade like this. Very, very useful for a lot of different deconstruction and demolition projects, but pull that one out, put the new one in, put the fasteners in, and you should be ready to go because that's what it's for to really stabilize it on that concrete. You're listening to today's Home on Radio. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the amount of money that can be wasted when a toilet is leaking. All of that and more right here on today's Home on Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. Hey, I'm Danny Lifford, along with my co-host Joe Truini, and you're listening to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. We're rolling along here. We're going to head back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. I would encourage you to give us a call anytime on the hotline, 800 946 4420. Eric is on the line from West Virginia. Eric, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on with this toilet you have at your house. About a month ago, the toilet was leaking, and so I uh, replaced, you know, the whole new valve and flapper. Thought that it was doing well, and within about an hour, then you could hear the toilet filling up again. So looked at it, and the overflow tube is fine. Uh, you know, nothing, you know, the level, water level is below that. So I changed the flapper, and uh, it's still uh, doing that about every five minutes, and it starts filling up again, and it runs for maybe 10 seconds, fills up, and then, of course, it just does that constantly. So obviously wasting a lot of water. Been trying everything I know to do, so just thought I'd reach out to the professionals for some advice. Well, th- thank you for that. Uh, uh, it can be so tricky that, that, you know, toilets are pretty simple little devices, but sometimes it's hard to really figure that out. You've done the right thing so far. The only thing that I would question, and I've seen problems in the past, is the chain that's attached to the flapper. Sometimes it'll be just a little too long or a little too short, and it just affects the natural flow of that thing closing down or closing down all the way. If it's too short, it may be keeping it from seeding very, very well on there. That could possibly be the problem. Another one is uh, where it seats down on the the drain part itself. You could have a little bit of a crack there, or you could have, um, you know, a buildup of, you know, some kind of debris or whatever on there. So cleaning it real well with a little steel wool, I found allowing that to seat a little bit better. What other things uh, should he be checking on this one, Joe? Yeah, Eric, I was thinking the same thing. If you've replaced all the mechanisms, the flush mechanism in this, the only thing it could be, in my experience, would be the part Danny's referring to is called the flush valve seat. And that part doesn't ordinarily get replaced. That's an original part and doesn't usually um, cause any trouble. But in this case, it sounds like, you know, it could have either a little crack, a little debris in it, it could be misshapen just from age. That would allow water to seep out and go into the bowl. And so if since everything else seems to be brand new and assuming that the flapper... Even brand new flappers, sometimes they come out. Eric, you may have noticed the little edge of the flapper 
it's got a little wrinkle in it and water just slips through there. But if you're sure the flapper is nice and straight and is, is not an issue, then I'm not sure what else it could be other than the flush valve seat. And that would have to be, there are, in some toilets, I think you can get a replacement, just glues right over it, which would be the really easy fix. Otherwise, it would have to be replaced. Okay. One other question. The flapper that I bought does have like an adjustment on it. You know, it gives, you know, the certain toilets, the, the brand toilets, adjust it to one, two, three, four, five, whatever. Uh, so I've adjusted it to that number. Should I try to just keep adjusting, you know, down on it to see if that affects it? Or do you think if that, if that adjustment affected? will allow the flush valve to sit tighter against the drain, then yes, but I'm not sure that would really help. But certainly would be that'd be the first thing to try. Um, make make all the adjustment from the lowest setting to the highest setting. If that works, then great. Um, but again, if it's the flush valve seat, then no amount of adjustment is going to prevent water from seeping into the bowl. I understand. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I certainly appreciate the information. You're okay, welcome, our, Eric. our pleasure, Eric, and hope you have a great week and hope that solves your problem there. And call us again when we can help you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, Joe, let's grab us another email here. I like right. this one here. It said, uh, Marty L. from Kansas. Hi, Danny. I just discovered your radio show on KWLS 107.9 FM in Winfield, Kansas. I love your format and appreciate how kind and helpful you and Joe are to the listeners. Hope you can help me with this question. I have a five-foot-wide opening between our kitchen and dining room and the and the family room. I'd like to install pocket doors to close off the family room when the kids are in there playing their video games and watching TV. The problem is there's a, a pipe and some electrical wires inside that wall. I don't, really don't want to move them. I'm not sure what other options I have. Any help would be appreciated. Well, there's several things, you know, and one of the more popular doors that uh, on, on interior now, a lot of people are going with the barn-type door, the one that's yep, on, exactly. um, um, you know, uh, guides there that you're able to move back uh, over and back. And that way you can make it fairly thick, uh, uh, seal it up well, and you can look online at todayshomeowner.com and see a number of the barn doors that we've installed. Bifold doors also is something that will take up very little room that can fit inside the opening, and you can slide it to one side or the other or both. That'll provide a little bit of an acoustic break there. Um, so all of those are, are, are opportunities and all of those are visible on our website to give you an idea. The barn door as well as some of the bifold doors. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, hey, it's simple solution time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Well, it is that time of the show that everybody looks forward to. Our simple solution time brought to you by Joe Truini. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Thank you, Danny. Here's a simple way to make moving heavy furniture a lot easier. And what you want to do is you get um, four plastic water bottles and you measure up about three inches or so from the bottom of each bottle, draw a line around the bottle, then take a utility knife, or in some cases you can just use scissors because the plastic's so thin, and just cut off the bottom of the bottle, right? So you have these four little cups, essentially, plastic cups, and you just slip one onto each 
leg. You just lift up the furniture and slip one onto each leg. And now what you're creating is a like an easy slide furniture glide, essentially. And now you can very easily push the furniture across the room. And when we shot this simple solution, um, we did it on carpeting. And which is where it really comes in handy. I mean, it works, obviously it works well on wood, on a wooden floor or a laminate floor or something like that. But this way you won't scratch up the floor. And with carpeting, it's really hard to push furniture across the carpeting because, you know, it doesn't slide very easily. But with this, it does because you have those little plastic cups. When we were shooting this, um, the guys I was working with, Scott, the, who directs the segments and Brad who shoots the segments were like, holy moly, that really worked well. I think they were kind of surprised because <laughs> I first tried pushing the furniture. I think it was a couch we were pushing. Mm-hmm. I was pushing a couch on the carpet, barely moved. And then with these, you can push with one hand it, with the bottles in place, it slid right across the, the, the carpeting. So next time you have to move a piece of heavy furniture, try this simple solution. Oh, that were, that sounds great, and I'm glad to hear some uses for water bottles coming that's around because right. there's yep. so many water bottles out there. So that's another good one. Another good simple solution. You can see a whole lot more of them by going to todayshomeowner.com slash simple solutions. And, of course, while you're there, we always encourage you to check out our national television show now in its 25th year. And we have a lot of great shows going on right now, including this one called A Cozy Kitchen that you can see this weekend. Fairly small, modest kitchen that we renovated, including putting in uh, butcher block countertops, which are really, really popular, it seems like, these days. And they're very reasonable in cost because a lot of the home centers are now carrying them in their um, stores. So that can help you out a lot. Also, um, a very compact washer and dryer that we installed. A lot of things there, a little bit of painting we did, tile backsplash still very popular and you can check it all out by going to todayshomeowner.com and see exactly where you can see the today's homeowner television show in your area now we've been around a long time we have almost 600 episodes out there and you may want to check out some of those on some of the streaming platforms we have like zumo tubi free v pluto and Roku, as well as if you have a Vizio or LG Smart TV, we have our own channel on there, 24 hours a day, today's homeowner. So check it out and uh, let us know what you think and give us some feedback on any of the shows that you may see. Joe, we're getting all, a lot of... All Danny, you know, all Danny, all day. That's like right. That. Boy, I, I tell you, we're getting a lot of great feedback from some of the shows, but it does challenge you a little bit when someone asks you a question on the show that you did, say, 20 years ago. It yeah, takes a right. little bit of thinking. <laughs> Um, of exactly which show it is. Of course, we have resources. We can look it up, but we certainly appreciate all that feedback we get on current and past shows. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, it's, there's no such thing really anymore of what what did they used to call that appointment TV where you had to be, you had to be in front of your TV at Thursday at eight o'clock. If you weren't, well, then you missed it. You can watch anything you want, anytime. And this is a perfectly good example. My mom, who's not exactly a target audience at 94 years old, she just, <laughs> she just presses the little button on her on her remote and says, today's homeowner. She, it pops up so she can, she only watches, I must say, she only watches the show up until The Simple Solution. But uh, she's still, yeah, but she's still watching. The show's off. She <laughs> hits the delete button. Yeah, I know. Is that Danny again? How did I get this darn thing to fast forward? <laughs> Well, we have a lot of fun with it, and we have for many, many years. And we appreciate everybody that tunes in to the radio show each week, as well as our television show. Well, that'll pretty much wrap up the radio show for this week. I'm Danny Lifford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, our producer, Corey Wilson, and our engineer this week, Jacob Scarborough, and the whole Today's Homeowner family, hoping you have a fantastic week. We'll see you again next week here on Today's Homeowner Radio.